Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is March 6, 2023, Anno Domini. Today's top headline, Project Fear. A massive UK government WhatsApp leak is revealing to the public the COVID manipulation that went on behind the scenes. Next, Treehouse Antifa burning down a police training center in Atlanta, 35 arrested. And finally, new report, nearly 50% of homicides go unsolved in the United States. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling, trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. So that's just the explanation for, for, I didn't get away with anything. In fact, on the contrary, you know, I've did paid Did you receive a, a fine? No, because what I did wasn't against the law. Uh, and, that, and you're fined for breaking the law. But I did break the guidelines and I resigned and I took accountability for the... Was there, for not, my a, sorry, was there not a ban at the time? on meeting indoors, not people outside of your family, unless it was reasonably necessary for work purposes? No, not a legal one, no. And because those rules... That was in the legislation. But that legislation had been lifted. But this is not irrelevant. at that point. When yes, you... they had. Yes, it had. And that's why I wasn't fined. I didn't break any laws. I, but the, so the guidelines, mm. not the laws, the guidelines were still in place. But my point is that the distinction between the laws and the guidelines... Right, which is the reason I wasn't fined and I, you know, uh, and, and I didn't break any laws. That's not relevant, right? And I don't seek to excuse my behaviour. I am just explaining what happened. Just simple words there, reacting it. You're quite emotional about that. Well, it's just, uh, it's been, you know, it's been such a tough year for so many people. And there's William Shakespeare putting it so simply for everybody that, you know, we can get on with our lives. And, and you know, there's still a few months to go. I've still got this worry that we can't blow it now, Piers. We've still got to get the vaccine to millions of people. And so we've got to keep sticking by the rules. But Matt Hancock. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. So Matt Hancock was the Secretary of State for Digital, Culture, Media, and Sports, and then also the Secretary of State for Health and Social Care in the UK during the COVID-19 pandemic. You just saw a few highlights of Matt's career, resigning in disgrace, but prior to that being moved to tears while on TV talking about how he was so excited to finally get his vaccine. Well, here's what was actually going on behind the scenes. And we have this from The Telegraph. Project Fear is what they're calling it. Project Fear. Over 100,000 WhatsApp messages have been leaked from Matt Hancock and other members of the British government discussing plans to, quote, frighten the pants off of the public to ensure compliance with lockdown measures. This has all been exposed. One of the messages even stated when they would deploy 
the new COVID variant. What do we want to deploy this? They're calling them the lockdown files. These messages were sent between ministers, officials, and others showing how the government used scare tactics to force compliance of the citizens and push through lockdowns. In another message, Simon Case, the cabinet secretary, said that the fear and guilt factor was vital in ramping up the messages during the third national lockdown. That was January 2021. Prior to that, and again, this is from The Telegraph, Matt Hancock, the then health secretary, appeared to suggest in one message that a new strain of COVID had recently emerged that would be, and I'm quoting here, the new strain would be helpful by scaring the populace into compliance. In a WhatsApp conversation on December 13th, Damon Poole, one of his media advisors, informed his boss the Tory MPs, the conservatives, were, quote, furious about the prospect of stricter COVID measures and suggested we roll pitch with the new strain, suggested that the strain would be used, again, to, to drum up support for the lockdowns, drum up for support for compliance through the use of fear. Hancock replied, and again, these are all their text messages, we will frighten the pants off of everyone with the new strain. Mr. Poole agreed saying, yep, that's what will get proper behavior change. Changing behavior, the government using fear tactics and fear propaganda to directly change the behavior of the populace. Well, fortunately, I've never heard of the government ever doing anything like this before. And the government would certainly never do such a thing again. I mean, that would just be silly. So, I'd like to read for you from Field Manual 2223, Human Intelligence Collector Operations, also known as interrogations. There was an approach from the interrogator manual called Emotional Fear Up. Let me explain. I'll just read it for you directly. This is from the U.S. military. Fear is a dominant emotion that can be exploited by the interrogator. In the fear up approach, the interrogator identifies a pre-existing fear or creates fear within the source. He then links the elimination or reduction of the fear to cooperation on the part of the source. The interrogator must be extremely careful to not overtly threaten or coerce a source. Conveying a threat may be a violation of trust. The interrogator should be extremely careful that he does not create so much fear that the source becomes unresponsive. The interrogator should never act out as if he is the focal point of the source's fear. The interrogator should merely be the outlet for the fear. If he cooperates, the interrogator will do his best to ensure that no one will ever find out and that he will be protected. Do you see how it works, folks? Set yourself up not as the source of the fear. Something else is making you so afraid. There's something so terrible, but I'm here to help you. I'm the only one who can help you because I'm from the government and we have your best interests at heart. That's what Matt Hancock was doing. That's what the British government was doing. That's what the U S government. That's what so many of these governments were doing throughout. We just, we saw president Biden. Remember that speech he gave the red MAGA speech at independence hall, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where the declaration of independence was signed, where he essentially declared the unvaccinated 
to be non-citizens. We remember all of this. That's exactly the type of tactics they were using to scare you into compliance. And let me tell you something right now. Do you think for a second that the government is going to forget the globalist American empire, British, American, German, etc. Oh, definitely German. Do you think they're going to forget that through fear they gained your compliance? Well, it's time to do something about Antifa, and that's why I'm going to introduce legislation to declare Antifa domestic terrorists, because they need to be taken apart. We need to investigate exactly who they are, who funds them, and then we need to make sure that whenever they come out and erupt in violence, attacking police officers and attacking businesses in cities like my my city, uh, in Atlanta in Georgia, we need to make sure that they're arrested and charged with domestic terrorism charges, just like the GBI did this past weekend. Enough of Antifa. They are not the anti-fascists. They are the fascists. Well, Treehouse Antifa. Now, you may remember Treehouse Antifa from just a few weeks ago. We were discussing this. They are the ones, to remind you, those who don't remember this case, that are outside hiding in the trees, literally building tree houses outside of Atlanta because they are protesting the building of a police training facility in Atlanta. Well, around 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, a large group of Antifa extremists, many of which wore masks, and we have this from the post-millennial and Black Bloc, descended on the site of the future Atlanta Public Safety Training Center, setting fire to construction equipment and attacking police officers. There are even reports of a potential firebombing that took place there, as well as rocks and police officers uh, were attacked while they responded to all of this. Surveillance footage shows officers standing in the construction site as the group of extremists marched towards them from the woods. This is an actual attack. This is an actual planned out Antifa domestic terrorist attack that we're seeing with with military style tactics that have been used and deployed here outside of Atlanta. I actually think that people need to understand the seriousness of what we're seeing for this to make sense. This is a carefully planned, plotted and orchestrated domestic terrorist attack in the United States. That's number one. Number two, the fact that it's people on the left and I get it. It's fun to make fun of Antifa. You can laugh about them. But guess what? They're actually resorting to violence and they're willing to use it. They're standing with AR-15s outside of drag queen story hours where five-year-old children are being groomed. And the right is too terrified to even try to get them arrested. How do you think that story ends? Where do you think that goes? Yeah, sure, they'll get locked up but they're not the ones that are that are ginning this all up. They're not the ones that are setting this in motion. They're not the ones who are going to rule in the U, in the new United Socialist States of America that they're seeking to destabilize our country and then create. That's where all of this leads. The group overturned a UTV as well as portable toilets, setting both the UTV and a front loader construction vehicle ablaze. Another fire was seen burning in the background, though it's currently unclear. 35 people arrested in connection. That means the actual group was probably even larger. You may have been as many as 50 people in this attack. Numerous extremists 
uh, were arrested and charged in January. Of course, we know that one extremist was shot and killed by police. One of the biggest breaking issues here that we are seeing in terms of all of this, and this comes to us courtesy of Greg Price of X Strategies reporting to us that a staff attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center in the Atlanta metropolitan area was involved in this attack and was arrested on domestic terrorism charges. So you actually had, remember everything I just said, you actually had a situation where there was an Antifa domestic terrorist attack, a militant extremist group attacking a police facility, a law enforcement facility here in the United States, a government facility, 50 militants, pre-planning, military tactics, and a Southern Poverty Law Center attorney was part of it. Where is the house on this? The conservative-led house needs to investigate this immediately. Why was this person on staff? His name is Thomas Webb Jurgens. Thomas Webb Jurgens. He only weighed 150 pounds. Dude, just twig. He weighed 150 pounds, yet he was a staff attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. The same Southern Poverty Law Center that inspired Floyd Lee Corkins to conduct a mass shooting at the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. The same Southern Poverty Law Center that was working in conjunction with the FBI, they were using their targeting documents to go after churches that were just a little bit too Catholic because they were playing, praying the Latin Mass. Oh gosh, oh darn. They were praying the Latin Mass a little bit too fervently. And so what happened? The FBI started putting them on lists. Who wrote the initial list? The Southern Poverty Law Center. This is the same group that had ties with the FBI going back years, potentially going back decades. And now we have the group directly set. And by the way, I've said for years, including at one point to their faces, when they tried to get in my face in New York City, that they're a domestic terrorist organization. Now, we have verifiable proof that the Southern Poverty Law Center is directly tied to domestic terrorism. We need to know who else knew about these activities at the Southern Poverty Law Center. What role did the Southern Poverty Law Center have in planning or pre-planning? What were the communications? We need to know, and we certainly need in the documents, whether or not there was communication between SPLC and other members to provide legal representation for the group should they be arrested for domestic terrorism. Were assurances made to this group that if this happened, the SPLC would have their back in court. We demand answers, and Speaker McCarthy, you need to give us them. Look, folks, thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile. And we I spent some time with Patriot Mobile at CPAC this, uh, this last weekend. It was fantastic. They have emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're in with the big three and you like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They offer a better 
performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, provides nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, so you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO and get in touch today. Get free activation today with promo code POSO. And we're back. Now, as the parallel economy continues to grow, we've seen a whole bunch of conservative coffee companies come and go. And I held off until I found one that I really liked. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Blackout Coffee. It's not enough to simply taste great. You want to be proud to support the company. You know, they align with your conservative values. And that's why I am telling you to give them a try. Got to tell you guys, I've been drinking Blackout Coffee myself for a couple of days now. Look, the combination of the Blackout Coffee and the best night's sleep in the whole wide world. It gives me everything I need to do with a CPAC, with doing the show, with running around with a couple of the toddlers. I'm telling you, Blackout Coffee is amazing. And by the way, family owned. I personally recommend Blackout Coffee. This is a coffee company that's 100% committed to conservative values from sourcing to the beans, to the roasting process, customer support and shipping. They have an incredible work ethic and not only do they accept no compromise, the taste is fantastic. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO and use promo code POSO for 20% off your first order. Stop giving your money to woke companies that don't care about you. Stay true to our values. Barely half of all murder cases in the United States get solved. And according to FBI data, the national homicide clearance rate is at an all-time low. In the mid-1960s, more than 90% of murders were solved, generally resulting in an arrest. By 1990, that percentage fell into the 60s. Then by 2020, as the number of homicides surged, the national clearance rate dropped to about 50% for the first time ever. 50%. So imagine this. Imagine, remember, your family dies. It's killed. Murdered. The worst possible thing that could happen. And we got all those TV shows from Hollywood, all the FBI, the CIA, the CSI, the NSA, and CIS. Oh, the government's there to solve those crimes. The government's going to take care of it. The government's going to be there to have your back. How much money do we spend on these security agencies? How much money do we spend per year on these agencies? for our security. And we can't even solve one out of every two murders. Are you kidding me right now? So you guys think because you watch all those TV shows that that's how it works in real life. They're dusting for fingerprints. They're getting the FBI. They're getting the DNA. They're taking everything out. There's all oh, we're going to send it out down to Quantico. We're going to get all the, the results. We're going to do all this. We're going to get it together. Don't worry. We're going to have it all set. Yeah, not so much. 50% unsolved. But I assure you, they definitely have their compliance with their LGBTQ plus do re mi fa so la ti do awareness training. They've definitely got that. I mean, look at this data. We're on the verge of being the first developed nation where the majority of homicides go unclear. That's according to the Murder Accountability Project. The United States, guess what, boys? We're number one again. Congratulations. 
We are breaking historic ground. We may be the first developed nation in the entire world, not just the hemisphere. No, 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 that's not enough for us. The entire planet where the majority of homicides in the United States go unsolved. But that's not what, that's not what, but I like, I love the FBI. I love the NY, you know, NY, what's that TV show? Blue Blood or whatever. They're sitting there telling you every day that that's how the system works. We're going to get the guy, but it's not real. None of it is. This is reality. And it was higher, by the way. In the past, look at the, this is going down. It's insane how much this has gone down. The clearance rate was even higher before 1980, seemingly as high as 90% in 1965. And yet you look at the spike in homicides that's been declining. This is crazy. This is insane to me. Because homicides have been both up and down over this time. But the fact of the matter is, and folks, if you follow me on Twitter, then you would know that I once got into it with David Simon, who claims to be the writer and creator of The Wire over this very issue. Now, he said the issue was that police forces just aren't good enough. And that's why they're not solving murders. And that's also why murders are up, because the idea being that more murderers are on the streets, which obviously is true, because the murders are being solved. And whoever committed that murder is, by definition, out on the street. But I have another take. Could it be possibly the demonization of police and law enforcement in this country that's been going on? It started in the 1960s. It popped up again in the 1990s. Popped up again after Ferguson. And it has ramped up to fever pitch levels after the George Floyd riots. We talked about the Ferguson effect. Let's talk about the George Floyd effect. Murders aren't getting solved. Murderers are being let out on the streets. Good police officers are quitting. The blue flu is setting in. That means they're getting off the force. That means the people they're hiring, like we talked about down in Memphis, have less and less experience. And they don't, they're just not the best people, not the most qualified people for the case. Because of course, the push is always for more diversity. Worked out great for South Africa, right? South Africa, where racial quotas were determinate of how the country would be run, but instead we have something called critical race theory, diversity, inclusion, and equity, D-I-E, right? Folks, it doesn't have to be this way. I, just, I, I wanna make sure that I explain this to everybody, that it doesn't have to be this way. And I'm, I, I understand that People say, well, Poso, aren't you talking about, you know, we had the fear up segment earlier. And so you're saying, well, aren't you just, aren't you just being a scaremonger? I wish I were. I wish that this weren't going on. I wish that these stats were not like this. But they are. And here's the thing. Somebody puts a bullet through one of your loved ones, they're not coming back. And it doesn't matter what the color of the person is who pulled the trigger. It doesn't matter what their story was. It doesn't matter if they were having a bad day. What matters is that your loved one is gone and they ain't coming back. 
So either we do something about it and we get serious about law enforcement in this country and we get serious about locking up the crazy people in mental facilities like we used to do, or we're going to have more of this and we're going to have more of this across the board. It's as simple as that. I'm not even trying to use scare tactics right now. I'm giving you the cold, hard truth. This will continue. These numbers numbers will get worse. And if they do, then America will get another first. We'll be the first developed country on the face of the planet where a majority of our murders go unsolved. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore. 